This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. to you uh, today. It's good to be seen. Boy, the Lord's been faithful. Uh, this week I woke up alive this morning. How about you? Like the Willie Nelson song, it said, I woke up not dead again today. Praise the Lord. All right. Uh, I thank God for Pastor Cindy. She really just has a heart uh, and a whatever it takes and never give up. I'll tell you that girl has through the years faced the impossible and overcome. And uh, these days are no different. I want to jump right into the Word of God today. Um, uh, and uh, the title of this would be The Heart Matters. Uh, I've looked into. The Word of God, directed by the Spirit of God. So, now, don't let that get all, you know, weird and frightening for you. Uh, a lot of times the Spirit of God will just call a portion of Scripture uh, to mind, maybe just one word from one verse, and emphasize that. How do you know it? Well, you just know it. It's revealed to you. And the Bible says that he will uh, call to your remembrance all the things that Jesus has spoken to you. So uh, God speaks to us from his word. Uh, That's how you can be sure the words that God has spoken are the ones that he will use to speak to you today. That's why a good, uh, you know, a good working uh, relationship with the word of God is required and necessary. It'll, it'll, Uh, Give God a lot to work with because he works with his word first of all. So, you know, um, we're going to look over in Luke, the 10th chapter today. And, you know, the Bible says that this word is a mirror. It is a mirror that gives uh, that gives us a reflection. Uh, It shows us God, but it also shows us ourselves in God's light. And a mirror, we use a natural mirror for reflection uh, and think nothing of, we actually uh, anticipate that there would be a correction. If we look in there and we see something that's amiss or awry or is not representative of our best self, we make those adjustments. True? What other purpose is there for a mirror? Well, I suppose that we could preen and prose and all that kind of stuff, and it would uh, uh, serve that purpose. But most of the time, for ordinary folks, a mirror is to look and to see, uh, are we presentable? Uh, what, what, who, uh, what are people going to see when they see me? Well, I think it's important as a Christian that we look in the Word of God and that we're not just concerned with how we see ourselves, but what God sees and what other people will see of me. So the title again today, The Heart Matters. In the scripture for today, our script for today is Luke, the 10th chapter. And I'm going to read a number of verses here. It's a uh, 
It's a story about loving God and loving others. Just then, a religious scholar stood before Jesus in order to test his doctrines. He posed this question, Teacher, what requirement must I fulfill if I want to live forever in heaven? What must I do? Jesus replied, what does Moses teach us? So the word of God, uh, Moses would have been uh, the reference to their written copy of the word of God at that time. What do you read in the law? The religious scholar answered, it states you must love the Lord God with all your heart, all your passion, all your energy, and your every thought. And you must love your neighbor as well as you love yourself. Jesus said, that is correct. Now go and do exactly that, and you will live. Wanting to justify himself, he questioned Jesus further, saying, what do you mean by my neighbor? Two questions he had. What must I do? Uh, One translation says to have or inherit eternal life. And then uh, the next question was, and he's saying this seeking to justify himself, how human nature wants to justify their position and their condition. Now, he's a scholar of the law, and there's a certain amount uh, of pride involved in this. You know, pride feels the need to be right, to prove right, to justify its own rightness. So he said, well, then, you know, uh, tell me who's my neighbor because, see, I'm comfortable with my Jewish roots and my Jewish friends and, you know, the culture, the class, the race that I'm in. But Jesus said this. Jesus replied, listen, and I will tell you. There once was, and when the Bible says this, I always thought of this as a parable. It's not a parable. This is an accounting because in one translation, Jesus says there was a certain man. Just like there was a certain beggar, there was a certain man. And in the Passion Bible, it says there once was a Jewish man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho when bandits robbed him along the way. Now, it does not say Jewish in every uh, text, but, it's, but the translator says here that it is absolutely implied that the man he's talking about uh, is a Jewish man. It says they robbed, he fell to thieves, fell to bandits. They beat him severely, stripped him naked, and left him half dead. Soon a Jewish priest walking down the same road came upon the wounded man. Seeing him from a distance, the priest crossed to the other side of the road and walked right past him, not turning to help him one bit. Later, a religious man, a Levite, came walking down the same road and likewise crossed to the other side to pass by the wounded man without stopping to help him. Finally, another man, a Samaritan, came upon the bleeding man and was moved with tender compassion for him. He stooped down and gave him first aid, pouring oil on his wounds, disinfecting them with wine and bandaging them to stop the bleeding. Lifting him up, he placed him on his own donkey and brought him to an end. 
There he took him from his donkey and carried him to a room for the night. The next morning he took his own money from his wallet and gave it to the innkeeper with these words, Take care of him until I come back from my journey. If it costs more than this, I will repay you when I return. So now tell me which one of the three men who saw the wounded man proved to be the true neighbor. The religious scholar responded, and I believe this humbly. I believe that, that it, it moved him from a place of not understanding to a place of understanding. That's the purpose of a teaching, is to bring not just knowledge, but understanding. Now, it says in another place in the Bible, it says, get wisdom. It's the, the first thing you need to be after is wisdom. But with all of your getting of and being so wise, make sure that you also get understanding. the religious scholar responded, the one who demonstrated kindness and mercy, Jesus said, you must go and do the same as he. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your Holy Spirit helps us and moves us from one dimension of knowing and understanding to another. And we give you all the praise and the glory for the Holy Spirit's help. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, there are four lives that intersected, that crossed paths in this story. Four lives that represent heart matters, that Jesus always addresses matters of uh, the heart. You know, the Lord told me this. He said, now, you, now you, I don't want you uh, to holler at it. I want you to take the time to break it down line by line. So there are four heart conditions, four heart positions, and four heart matters here. There's the hurried heart, the hardened heart, a helping heart, and a hurting heart. The number one that Jesus starts the story with and is his top, priority, number one priority, and it always tops the list that matters most right now, the hurting heart. The Bible says there was a man. It was implied that he was a Jewish man, and he fell among thieves, among robbers. There was attacked by robbers. He was robbed and stripped and left for dead. One translation says, it says they were unconcerned and left him for dead. They wounded and beat him severely, the wounded, the hurt, heart. Jesus starts with that, and then he moves to number two, the hurried heart, which is the priest. And on his way somewhere, either to God's house to do his uh, duties, or on his way from God's house to his own house, that was uh, pretty much the the pathway, I'm sure. And the Bible says in uh, play, it says, seeing him from a distance. You know, if we're not careful, uh, either from our own house or from God's house, that we just see folks from a distance. That we're satisfied with seeing folks from a distance. And really... Uh, how we know it's a distance is it, it's not really a person, it's just an issue. 
It's not personal. It's just something happened over there. I really don't have time. I'm not going to take the time. It doesn't matter uh, enough uh, to me. So it says he crossed to the other side. One translation says he angled across to the other side, seeing from a distance. Uh, this translation says he walked right past him, not turning to help one bit. You know, there are those today uh, that are in a hurry. And let me qualify this. I've been all four of these guys. When I look in the mirror here, I've been all four of these guys. I, I, I don't, you know... Uh, Say that it said that, you know, the Bible is written to me. It's a personal thing to me. It's God's word. It's God talking to me. When I look in the mirror, I see me in all four of these guys. You know, there are those who are in a hurry to just, let's just get past it, get on with it. And not willing to turn to help one bit. The first two people here, the... uh, the hurried heart and the priest and the hardened heart and the Levite. The Bible says he, he saw the man. He saw the man. But he, 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 turned to, uh, he moved to avoid the injured man without stopping to help. Now the first two uh, folks that are here, the first hearts that are represented is the church. The priest and the Levite. Both are in service to God. And both of them can hear a sermon like, let's go to the other side, and that's the other side for them. The other side of the road. Let's just get on with this. Listen, look, you know, uh, uh, we're the church. We're doing church. We love church. Get real good at it on the inside, but not so good out there on the outside, which we now are. The Bible, there's a reason why Jesus said pray, that the Lord of the harvest will force out laborers into the harvest because we love to chomp chady chips and drink orange soda pop and watch the TV channel, Christian, of course, uh, so I can get my latest religious rah-rah on and, uh, uh, and get blessed. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I really fully intend to be a blessing, but, you know, really I need to be blessed, though, right? So let's move forward here. Uh, the third one was the hardened heart, the Levite. You know, one uh, uh, they represent, and we don't have time to delve too far down into that, but a hurried heart, a hardened heart. Those who would avoid it have no heart for it or harden to it. It's still just the issue. Uh, it's far from me. And both the hurried heart and the hardened heart are indifferent and unconcerned to the hurting heart. I find it amazing that it was written about the robbers and the thieves, that they robbed him, stripped him, left him unconcerned. They left him half dead.
to the hurting heart, they wouldn't turn and they wouldn't stop. But here's number four, the helping heart. A Samaritan came upon a hurting heart, a Jew. A Samaritan came upon a Jew. Now, I'll tell you, Jesus knows exactly what he's talking about here. Okay? Because, uh, see, the Jews considered themselves a superior race and the Samaritans as an inferior race. If, we're not, if we don't take into account culture and class and, and uh, race into this, then, we're, then why is Jesus delineating this this way? Why, for the, for the, for the context of the conversation, remember we have, a, we have a man who's prideful, who's asking a question, who thinks he has the answer. Jesus said, all right, you tell me what your answer is. How do you read the law? Love God. Love uh, your neighbor as well as you love yourself. Jesus said, fine, good, do that, and you'll live. And he goes, well, wait a minute now. We need to, I need a little more information. Now, who's my neighbor? Now, Jesus, because the neighbor is the issue. Are you listening? So Jesus is really putting his finger on this. He's putting his finger on religion. He's putting his finger on uh, ritual, and he's putting his finger on race because he starts out, he goes, now here comes another man, not a Jew. Not like me, not like you, a Samaritan. And I'll tell you when that was mentioned, are you hearing? Sometimes when, when somebody's not like us is mentioned, it will, but see, it's a mirror. Jesus is holding up a mirror. He goes, I'm going to show you. I'm going to tell you. And in my telling you, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you God, and I'm going to show you you, and I'm going to show you the kingdom. I'm going to show you how relationships are. Because, see, religion and ritual excludes relationship. And Jesus was all about relationship. You cannot be a follower of Jesus without a relationship with Jesus. And you cannot, listen, the church needs to understand how they are going to, how we are going to relate to, quote, them, and they are going to relate to us is when they see how we relate to one another. So in saying this, he goes, there's a Jewish man. Boy, you don't even recognize your own. You won't turn aside to get it right with one of your own. A brother, a sister of the same. Unconcerned and undifferent. How in the world are we going to be concerned? I'm going to qualify this saint with the sinner. Are you listening? Because that's what, uh, you know, when a Jew looked at a Samaritan, they'd say, boy, you're really missing the mark. You're not like us. You're just half. You're a half person. Come on now. You're less than me. Well, Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. See, we talked last week. Racism, an ism that is a dividing point, it is the division in the church. I'm in the church, I'm of the church. I'm talking to the church right now. <clears throat> that a form, one form of racism, a fruit of racism is when one race considers itself superior to another race, considers that race inferior. 
So Jesus is really mixing it up here for this guy. But you know, he says a Samaritan had compassion. And compassion conquered the racial divide. You want to know how to build a bridge? Have compassion. The Bible says he came upon the bleeding man. He's bleeding. He's wounded. He's hurt. He sees, the Bible says, when he saw the man's condition, just pure humanity, he saw the man's condition. Remember, you know, the, the, the church wants to go to the other side and not see me. See into me. Get close enough to see the condition. You got to get close enough to see. The Bible says in another translation, he came to where he was. You know, we want them to come where we are. But we have to be willing to go where the hurting heart is. The helping heart will come to where the hurting heart is. It won't avoid it. It won't disconnect. It won't discriminate. It will come. It says when he saw him. See, when we see this not as an issue, but as it's personal people. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Now listen. Listen. How, how is it? Uh, that that uh, that we can live together and love one another without seeing each other. We can only do it out of a distance, and we won't get close enough to realize you're a person. I'm a person. We're different by design. God delighted in doing that, but he wants a oneness. That doesn't mean sameness, it's a oneness. And we're one in our humanity. And we ought to have a little humility for our humanity. Amen. I'll tell you, the humble get grace, the Bible says. The proud get resisted. Now, Jesus is trying to help this guy. Jesus is trying to help us. I believe particularly the church to have a change of attitude, to have a change of perspective. Because there's a world out there. We're going to look at that world, God's world. It's not the devil's world, it's God's world. The Bible says everyone and everything, God made it all. And he, has, and he has right to claim it by way of the sacrifice of Jesus. Blood bought all. We are from one blood, the Bible says. So for this guy, when he saw him, a hurting heart, it wasn't just an issue. It became personal. And the Bible says he was moved with tender compassion for him. 
One, I love this in the message above. It says his heart went out to him. Isn't that interesting? I, I have no doubt that it did. See, because, you know, uh, I'm sure that he was that guy. I'm sure that he had found himself in a fallen situation, in a disadvantaged situation. Saw himself where people just passed by and were indifferent to his condition. Avoided him. You know, the Bible says that we tend to comfort with the comfort that we've been comforted with. You know, if you've, if you've ever suffered something, and the Bible says, how are we ever going to reign with Jesus if we're not willing to suffer with him? And Jesus said it in this way. He said, well, you know, uh, and you could define that in many different ways. But Jesus said this. He said, if you've done it to the least, in your own estimation, the least. And then he went down through, didn't he? He said, those that are hungry and naked, those that are in prison, those that are sick. The time doesn't allow us to go there with all of that, but the least of these. If you feel you're superior, if you don't do it to those that are inferior, that you feel inferior about, I'm not justifying that. That's not right. But he says, you're going to have to think differently and do it. Then you've done it to me. If you're prideful towards them, you're prideful towards me because they're in my image and in my likeness. Can we see that? Well, his heart went out to him. The Bible says he stopped, he stooped down, he lifted him up, he helped him. And it cost him. And it will cost you. It will cost me. To be involved with hurting hearts. To stop. To get down where folks are. To stop the bleeding. To lift them up. To carry them if necessary. Are you hearing? It'll cost time. It'll cost energy. It'll cost resource to help hurting people. You know, Jesus asked the man then... A question again. I guess both of them got two questions. He said, you tell me. You tell me what you think it's going to take. Now let me ask you, now who is your neighbor? Who was the neighbor here? And the man said this, which one proved to be the true neighbor? See, we can't just... In love and word only, we have to love indeed. There has to be a doing. That it, listen, there's that not going to be just doing a service or two. You know, and that we serve God and serve people by doing that. No, it, it's going to be, we have a, we have a, uh, a kingdom to bring, a greater thing than any of us individually, and even all of us collectively, a God thing, the government of God. 
the redemption of man. That's who we are collectively. Each part individually is something greater than ourselves. Much greater than ourselves. To glorify God. He said, here am I glorified that you would bring forth much fruit. What's he talking about? Way out here where the branches are in the wind and the sunlight and the rain and the storm. That way out here at the outer at the outer edges, as far as you can reach, that people have something to be able to taste and see how good God is, how great God is, how glorious is His plan for their life. Which one proved to be the true neighbor and the man humbly? I, I thank God that he was teachable. He thought he knew, but... Have you? I've been that man. I've been that man. Oh, I've got a. I've just got the pat answer here. Sure, love God, love, you know, the great commandment. Who doesn't know how to quote the great commandment? Well, quoting it's a little different than proving it in the doing of it, isn't it? Amen. Right down here, where we all live, next to one another. Work with each other. Live with each other. Learn how to love each other the same way that we've been loved. He said the one who showed mercy, the one who treated him kindly. Another translation, I love it, where it both comes together in the Passion. It says the one who demonstrated kindness and mercy. You must go. And do the same as he. I want to read a scripture to you in Galatians. Again, the Passion Bible. This is in the 5th chapter, the 25th and 26th verse, on down into the 6th, 1 through 3. And it says this. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. So may we never be arrogant or look down on another, for each of us is an original We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the value of others. My beloved friends, if you see a believer who is overtaken with a fault, one translation says a mistake, it doesn't matter, but is overtaken. This man was overtaken by thieves. And there is a thief, isn't there? His... His... uh, Distinguishing marks, he steals, he kills, and he destroys. He's not flesh and blood. I said he's not flesh and blood. We don't war of flesh and blood. Flesh and blood is who we are. How is it that God knows that, that our frame, we're just dust, but that we don't realize that? That there's a humanity to us. And God factored that in. How is it sometimes religiously that we are, you know, seeking to justify ourselves? One translation says this. He, he wanted to be above reproach. Well, I've been that guy. Wanting to be above reproach, but I'll tell you what. <laughs> Reproachable. 
What does that mean, Pastor? Have faults, made mistakes, infallible, am human. Amen. Isn't that amazing that a preacher could be human? Just as amazing that you're human. Amen. <laughs> We're all human, isn't that right? And God knew that, made us that. So, took into account all that would happen and so said, you know what? I still love you no matter what. And I want you to love one another the same way, no matter what. Now, listen, it says, my beloved friends, if you see a believer... You know, we need to start seeing our brothers and sisters, seeing believers. If we don't get it right with one another, are you listening? What they see is something other than what he wanted. And they'll go, well, if that's what a Christian is, no thank you. We get along better out here at the bar. Now, I've been that guy. Anybody been that guy? My beloved friends, if you see a believer who is overtaken, may the one who overflows with the Spirit seek to restore him. Win him over with gentle words, which will open his heart to you and will keep you from exalting yourself over him. Boy, these are powerful words. God has called us to open hearts, not to close hearts. And if we're speaking from a hardened heart, a hurried heart, are you listening? Just wanting to get through, get by this, put this behind of us, see? No, we need to, we need to heal the hurt. If my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, all right? Trusting in man to fix this rather than knowing there's a healing that God can bring there's at the heart level it's at the heart level it's not the keeping of the law it is the law of love written in our heart shed abroad by the Holy Spirit that constrains us controls us in everything that we do that we love God and we and that love flows into us, but that love overflows by the Spirit of God. Look at this, as you who are overflow with the Spirit, seek restoration. Seek to win over with gentle words. Seek to open hearts. Seek to keep from exalting ourselves over other folks. Love empowers us to fulfill the law of the anointed one as we carry each other's trouble. As we carry each other's trouble. He came, saw him, and lifted him. And put him on his own, uh, on his own uh, donkey. Spent himself. Preferred someone over himself. One translation says, bear one another's burdens, carry each other's troubles. Well, look, you know, you'll hear, I've heard religious people say, you know, look, uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to get too excited. I don't want to get too, 
you know, uh, far up into this thing. I got enough trouble trying to fly under the radar and keep the devil out of my business. Well, let me tell you something. You know, you're the very one he loves because you're not even on the screen. That right? Life is not, you know, life is not trying to avoid the devil. It's trying to live without fear, open-hearted with God and with one another. Amen. Winning is not trying is not is is not trying not to lose. It says if you think you're too important to stoop down to help another, you are living in deception. We'll hear the word, but we don't do the word. Then the Bible says we deceive ourselves. Well, you know, I tell you, there's a whole lot of stuff. Uh, You know, uh, all these words. No, he said, this is the sum of the whole law. Love God and love your neighbor as well as you love yourself. See, I think the Samaritan, his heart went out to him because it says, I've been that guy. What if that were me? Can I just walk on by? Let's, I'm going to read out of Romans, the 15th chapter. Or just, preacher, hurry up with this. Holler at it. We'll all shout and go home. No, we're going to take a little time to break it down line by line. Because these walls are going to come down one brick at a time. That's how it's going to happen. Romans, uh, the Message Bible, I love this verse of Scripture. It says, those of us who are strong and able in the faith. Boy, I've been that guy. They got one laugh. No amens out there. Can't you see yourself in the mirror? You who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter. Well, hey, the strong survive. Not my problem. They should this, they should that, they should the other. See, you know, we can, we can, uh, it can take on many forms, can it? And it does, doesn't it? Two men stood at the altar, and one was a saint, and the other one was a sinner. And the saint said, God, I thank you. I'm not like that other guy. And the other guy says, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, and beat his breast. I've been both guys. I've been both guys. You, those of us who are strong, really strong, and able in the faith, need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter. And not just do what is most convenient for strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? Ooh, Lord Jesus. Boy, that's a tall order, isn't it? Even just right here in Jerusalem or Alexander City. Their family and our friends. 
Well, they should know better. The fact is, is that they don't. But if you do, you need to help them to know. Is this a scripture? Is this God's word? Let's go a little further. Well, how much further are we going to go? Far as we need to. How deep down into this do you this is a This is a deep do-do thing. Well, we're going to go deep as we need to go. Amen? To get the root and change the fruit. All right. Asking ourselves, how can I help? That's exactly what Jesus did. Now it takes on a little different flavor because, see, now we got Jesus involved here. See? And if we're followers of Jesus, what Jesus did is what we're supposed to do. Moving right along, thank you for your great enthusiasm. That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people's troubles, but waded right in and helped out. I took on the troubles of the troubled is the way Scripture puts it. Even if it was written in Scripture long ago, you can be sure it's written for us. God wants the combination of his steady, constant calling and warm personal counsel in Scripture to come to characterize us, keeping us alert for whatever he will do next. May our dependably steady and warmly personal God develop maturity in you so that you get along with each other, as well as Jesus gets along with us all. Then we'll be a choir. Not our voices only. No special solos. We'll be a choir. But our very lives singing in harmony, a stunning anthem to God and the Father of our Master Jesus. So reach out and welcome one another to God's glory. Jesus did it. Now you do it. Jesus, staying true to God's purposes, reached out in a special way to the Jewish insiders so that the old ancestral promises would come true for them. As a result, the non-Jewish outsiders have been able to experience mercy and to show appreciation to God. Just think of all the scriptures that will come true in what we do. For instance, then I'll join outsiders in a hymn song. I'll sing to your name. And this one, outsiders and insiders rejoice together. And again, people of all nations celebrate God. All colors and races give hearty praise. Greater things. God describes greater love, greater works, greater things. If we'll do what Jesus did and live life that way, outsiders will become insiders. Nations will come to God. All colors and all races giving glory and praise to God. A harmony, an anthem to the greatness of Of our God. And that's what we're called to. Think of how gentle Jesus is with you. How gentle Papa 
his love of instruction, of correction, and even his soft answer sometimes of rebuke helps us. Helps us to be some help. You may be here today. You may be present in the house. You may be outside of the house. But you're under the sound of my voice. And I trust that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today. You the hurting heart. I want you to know there's help. I want you to know that God has moved with compassion towards you. He sees your condition. If you're out, if you're an outsider, if you feel left out, if you feel like that life has robbed you and beaten you down and left you half dead, I want you to know there's more. There's real life in Jesus. Jesus will love you like you need to be loved. Sometimes I tell the Lord, I say, God, I don't deserve how good you are to me. Well, that's called mercy. Undeserved favor. Greater grace than all of my sin. All of my mistakes and faults and missing. It, there's a greater love in Jesus. And I want to uh, give you the opportunity to respond to him today. It starts with a simple prayer from an honest heart. If you need God's help. Jesus is God's answer. So let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, I thank you. Your heart has gone out to me, and my heart draws near to you. I want this love. I want this life. I thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I confess you as my Lord and my Master. I'll follow you forever, together forever. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it uh, from your heart, and God knows your heart, see. It's a private and a very personal thing. But one of the first things that you and I would do as a new creation and as a believer, having prayed that prayer, having accepted the wonderful gift of eternal life through, Je- through faith in Jesus Christ, is that we need to tell somebody. We need to share somebody. That confession... Uh, uh, of believing with the heart unto confession is made unto salvation. Tell folks what happened to you. If you believe it and you've received it, then tell it. You won't be ashamed of him. We're here for you. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us in so many different ways, as Pastor Sandy has said. We want to help you with your first steps in this new walk and this new life and this new thing. Oh, that God is doing such a wonderful, wonderful thing. As Joshua said, as for me and my house and as for you uh, and your family, what a difference it will make uh, in your family and in your circle of influence, you having turned your life over to Jesus Christ. God bless you until the next time. We look forward to seeing you again. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.